Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. As a business owner, your numbers are important. You must love your numbers. Today, we're going to talk to Adam Canatella of Adam Kane Associates. He is a fractional CFO. We're going to talk about when you might need one and the things that you should be tracking. Enjoy. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Adam Canatella, and he is the CEO of Adam K and Associates. And we're gonna start with a different question and say, Adam, what do you do by trade? So I consider myself a financial strategist. So my whole view of everything is to look forward for a business. So take all the data in from their bookkeeper, from their tax accountant, from their financial advisor, take all the information and project it forward into where they want their business to go. And, and then I help them create the strategy and the plan to get there. Oh, so it sounds like you have your fingers in a lot of the different pies, but let's, let's stop for a second there and go back a bit. Now you were more of a traditional accountant for years, were you not? And had a whole business built on that. I was. Yeah. So in, in 2014, started my own accounting practice, um, for the five years or so prior to that worked for other people's accounting practices. Um, but yeah, I built up, you know, it was doing bookkeeping, payroll, individual and business taxes for for small businesses and individuals and loved it you know loved interacting with all those customers literally you know the mom and pop you know restaurant on the corner of the street and the hairdresser and the plumber and the hvac technician all those people that make communities go those are the people that i was working with i love how you put that that make communities grow and yeah. go yeah <laughs> yeah because that that's literally the you know the bread and butter of, you know, if we can shop local and we can, you know, support those local small businesses, because in reality, they're the biggest employers, you know, it might be three people over here and five people over there and 12 people over there. When you add up <laughs> all of those across the millions and millions of businesses, yeah. you know, those all have more employees than a fortune 500 company or, you know, a fortune 100 company. So, you know, it's a, it's a different clientele, it's a different market, yeah. but those people all need those services just as much as a Fortune 500 company needs, you know, people handling their accounting and taxes and everything along those lines. And maybe even more the outside help because they can't, they may not have the wherewithal to actually hire a dedicated staffing person to work on that stuff. Right. Yeah. Not, none of them could, you know, so if they would have hired, you know, full-time, even a full-time bookkeeper they would have been looking at, you know, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a year. Mm. And the, the only place that really would have come out of would have been their own pockets <laughs> right? because their businesses weren't big, wouldn't be big enough at that point 
to, you know, to be able to like, okay, I'm going to insource this. I'm going to hire someone internally to handle all of this for me because they're only doing, you know, a hundred, 200, $250,000 in revenue over the course of the year and maybe only taking home, you know, 60 or 70 net yeah. on that. So if you, you know, dole out $40,000 to a new employee, all of a sudden, you know, you're not likely to just create, you know, a massive amount of new revenue that, you know, that can cover that cost and that investment. Right. Cause it, it probably wasn't taking up that much time of the owner altogether that the freeing up that time wouldn't have made such a massive difference on the top line. Exactly. Yep. Interesting. So you did that for a few years, but now you've transitioned into a financial strategist. What did that move look like and how, what were the things you were considering as you made that move? Yeah. So it, it all, all this thinking around it started middle of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had built up my practice. I was, you know, in 2019, I, my practice at 800 tax returns for different people and businesses. I had 40 to 50 local small businesses that I was doing bookkeeping and payroll for. And the majority, it was just me. Like I had a couple of assistants from time to time, you know, a lot of, you know, they're like college students doing an internship. Um, but, you know, 90 plus percent of the work was me getting it done. And that is an enormous amount of work for one person <laughs> to get done. And so I started looking at, you know, what am I doing? Who am I serving? And how is this all impacting me and my lifestyle and my mental health and my, you know, just day-to-day life? Yeah. And, you know, so I took a course in like June or July of 2019 on how to get better at marketing. So just looking at what am I doing? How am I doing it? Could I be doing it better? And that was extremely helpful. And it also built in a lot of like just regular business principles of, you know, what should you really be pricing your services at, Mm. you know, and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, this helps. And when I came out of that, I was like, okay, I'm going to just raise everyone's prices because most of them have never gotten a price increase. They've been a client for three or four years. So let me do that as kind of a first step. But as I continued along throughout the summer, I was like, you know, how many of these clients am I going to lose by raising my prices? And you know, I have relationship with relationships with these people. A lot of them have become friends. You know, we, you know, we network together. We, you know, we go to sporting events together, things like that. You know, is this really serving them or is it only serving me? Ooh, that's an interesting (laughs) lens. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, do I think most of them would have stayed? Yes, because, you know, they loved me. They loved the work that I was doing for them Mm -hmm. and they would have just sucked it up and been like, okay, I'm going to pay you know, whatever the number is it's it's worth now it. bigger. Yeah. Because, you know, because also it's, it's a pain point. It's like, I don't want to have to change, go find another accountant. You know, the ones I've worked with in the past, they never worked out. And I found this one that I really love and that does a great job. Okay. He, he needs to charge me more. I understand he's running the business too. Okay. But what it really came around to was I wasn't doing what I loved. Mm. I was really good at accounting and I still am good at accounting. Like I can spin QuickBooks and run payroll taxes with the best of them. I don't love any of that stuff. So in the fall, I hired a business coach because I got to the point where I was like, I have an issue between my ears. I need to figure that out and figure out what I can't see being so stuck in the day-to-day business. I think that's so important, Adam. I just want to go down that road a little bit. And 
how did that realization come to you? I mean, I've had business coaches now for 10 years. I can't imagine not having one, but there's so many business owners that don't come to that conclusion. So I'd love to hear how you did that. Well, before that, like I'd met many business coaches just in, you know, in networking and being out at community events. And none of them struck me as someone who could push me further than what I was. Because I like in looking at them and talking to them, I was like, I'm already beyond where you right. are. Yes. So you're not the right fit for me. Yeah. But I found one and it ended up being through LinkedIn. And How funny is that? from seeing her posts and seeing the energy that she provided in those posts and celebrating her wins and, you know, just general, like, I was like, okay, I need to talk to this woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she didn't want me to hire her. So in the initial like discovery call, she's like, I've never worked with an accountant before. I don't have any idea how to do accounting. I don't hardly do it for my own business. She's like, I think you need to talk to my husband, who's also a business coach, but he works more with financial professionals and consultants. And I was like, well, I don't know your husband. I haven't seen any of his content on LinkedIn. I've seen yours. And I was like, I know how to do accounting. That's not the problem I have. I have a mindset issue. I have a block somewhere in, in my head that I need to get beyond. And from seeing you and where you are, you've conquered that somehow. Mm. <laughs> and I need you to help lead me through that process or help me figure out that process yep. of getting beyond that barrier. Yeah. So she's like, okay, let's start working together. Let's see how this goes. She's like, yeah. I, I can't, she's like, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but you know, we'll, if, if you are like this adamant about, because like, I was literally like, I'm going to send you money. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you decide to work with me or not, your money is coming your way. <laughs> uh, so she's like, okay, you know, let, let's see how this goes. And in the second call that we had, she had me list out all the different things I was, I was doing in my business. So you know, I was like, I do bookkeeping and payroll and taxes and strategy and tax planning and, you know, just listening. Every, anything and everything. She's like, okay, now take all of those things and split them into what you love and what you hate. And I was like, Ooh. and so, you know, so I started breaking the things. I'm like, I love this. I love this. I hate that. I hate that. And we got down to the end of it. She's like, okay. And she holds up a sheet of paper and she was writing at first when I was listing out all the things that I was doing. And it was a zoom call. So she could see like my facial expressions, and everything like that. But while I was listening what I loved and what I hated, she didn't write anything at all. But she held up the sheet of paper and she already had everything split into the things that I loved and the things that I hated because my facial expressions and how I talked about the different things, she oh, could wow. just tell what I loved and what I hated. Yeah. And, you know, what that really showed me is it's like, well, she can tell this. And literally, we've only talked for, you know, two hours at this point. Yeah. Every one of my clients can see this too. And when they're starting to you ask, you want to me, play poker, Adam? <laughs> no. <laughs> so no uh, poker face, and now yeah. you're worried about your client's perception of right. how you are treating some of the stuff you're doing. Exactly. And uh, so her advice from there was, you need to not be an accountant any longer, and you need to become a fractional CFO for businesses instead, so that you can focus on the strategy and the planning and the budgeting and forecasting and all the future looking activities and get rid of all the day-to-day -day accounting stuff 
you know, outsource it, hire somebody else to do, you know, do get rid of it somehow. Yeah. So my first inclination was, well, this business is working. So if I just hire someone to replace me, mm. I can still keep owning it, yep. get some of the profits, and then use the majority of the rest of the profits to pay this person that's now replacing me. And I pondered on that for a couple of weeks. And the realization I came to there was, if I'm still the owner and I'm still in any way involved, all those clients that I've built relationships are going to skip over this person's head whenever oh. they have a problem and they're going to be coming to me and I'm not going to be able to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so now there's only, there's only one decision left. Well, I guess two, shut it down and yeah. just, you know, give it away or try to sell it. So I hired a broker in six weeks. They had a buyer for me. Six weeks later, the sale was closed. That was basically January 1st, 2020. And that is when accounting Adam went away and CFO Adam was born. That's awesome. Um, I, I think this must be my theme this month about uh, CFOs and what they can do for businesses because I'm going to talk about it next week as well. But Adam, what do you do for companies? Who, how, how would I know as a business owner that I need a fractional CFO. Yeah, the the most common piece is you don't know what to look for in your finances. Mm. So a lot of business owners I come across, they can tell you how much money they made or lost last month or last year. They can tell you their top line revenue. You know, this is all the dollars that came in the door. Yeah. But where that money went and what it got spent on and why it got spent on that, they can't tell you. And having someone like myself who can come in and say, okay, these are the three things we really need to look at because it's 85% of what you're spending. Those are the things that move the needle. These other little, you know, 500 bucks here, a thousand bucks there, $12 here for pencils or pens, not important. Let's find those drivers on both the revenue side and the expense or investment side and let's really get those into detail and let's look at those really closely. Let's monitor them and let's figure out where stuff isn't working because of that and where it is. I feel like I, that I've done some of this work with clients as well. And I'm no, I'm not a CFO, let's be honest, but sometimes I find that business owners don't know where to focus their attention on. So they're doing a lot of everything versus, Hey, you know what? If you focused your attention on these two things, these three things, you not only will see top line improve, you'll see your bottom line improve. Right. And, and that's a very common piece of advice I give as well is it's fine the you know, and I, I use three to five, but you know, two to three works as well, but find those things that you're the best at mm. and that make you the most money mm -hmm. and just do those things. Because, yeah. you know, going back to my story, that's where you're happiest. Mm -hmm. That's where you enjoy what you're doing every day. Yeah. And then you hire other people in or outsourced yep. to handle those things because that's what they love to do every day. So everyone is much happier and it drives more sales. It drives better client retention. It just, it makes the whole process be happier because you're not like, oh, I've got to do the books because I've got to do my taxes. Like, any business owner that has that as like their, you know, how they feel about accounting needs to hire 
someone to do that for them because there are people. And again, I was I was that person for quite a while. And I know lots of other accountants that if they can spend all day in QuickBooks or zero classifying transactions and breaking up this invoice and that invoice and you know receiving this bill, they are in heaven. <laughs> right. And, and so it's find those people that again can complement what you do well and what and take away what you do poorly or that you you know you can't be bothered with yeah and have them do it because it's probably the opposite you know if if you're a marketing guru and extremely creative well that's probably something that that accountant needs because they're so data focused and numbers focused that a lot of times that creativity doesn't appear and doesn't come out well that's a great synergy there yeah 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 I think that's often overlooked. So one of the things I, I always say, let's look at three things when we're figuring out where to focus on your sales section in in terms of what service or what product. I look at capacity of you to deliver your firm to deliver. I look at contribution, which is what you said, how much of this is going to go to profit, etc. And what brings you joy, right? And so I love that we're aligned on that, Adam. And I feel like it changes the energy of the culture when everyone is doing what they love. Have you seen that happen? I have. And the the biggest piece that I see is as these business owners start offloading that stuff, it's like they're wearing a giant backpack that's full of rocks. Mm. And every time they offload one of these tasks or one of these roles, they're pulling some of those rocks out. You know, so you just see that, you know, it's just, they're just lighter. They, you see that lift in them because they don't have this, you know, giant backpack dragging them downwards mm-hmm. um, and, and pulling them down on a daily basis. You know, by that point, they're like, oh, like backpack's almost empty. Now, you know, what do I do then? And that's when the real fun starts. Yeah. <laughs> Your business is making a profit. You're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. Um, Adam, are you advising your clients any differently these days because of the talk of recession? And I say talk because it it feels like the experts are kind of divided. There will not be one. There will be a mild one or there'll be a bad one. So like at the whole spectrum, it's pick your pick your candy bar, if you will. But what are you telling your clients about this stuff right now? So cash flow is one of the pieces that we monitor most closely. you know, if they're slow on recovering, you know, on getting their clients to pay them yes. or they, you know, or they have to pay their vendors before they're getting paid by their customer. You know, so it's looking at things like that where it's like, where can we change some of these terms? Mm-hmm. Where can we move money around? You know, can we get a line of credit now before the banks all shut all of those down? <laughs> and, yes. you know, even if we don't need it right now, if we have it and have access to it for when we do need it, it's, you know, because once you need it, it's not going to be available. <laughs> uh, truth. I think that all the time. Oh, you need it? Well, you can't have it now. Um, so I feel like um, 
I feel like these tactics for managing through a potential recession are really just good business. Right. How would you say, would you, how would you respond to that comment? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and a lot of it too, you know, we always hear, you know, like on the personal side, oh, well, you should have three to six months of cash reserves. It's not any different for a business. Like you should have three to six months of cash reserves. Yeah. And, you know, does it take time to build up to that if you don't have it? Sure. But again, it becomes part of the planning process of, okay, if I need, you know, $50,000 a month to pay everyone's salary and rent and everything else, okay, I need one hundred and fifty dollars to $300,000 literally just sitting in a bank account, you know, for an as needed, you know, time. And then I operate off of whatever else is going yeah. on in the business. Well, if I don't have 150000 how can I get there? Well, you know, maybe it's adding $10,000 a month to get, you know, or 5,000, you know, you pick a number and you start building up to it. So, you know, once you get to one month, it's like, oh, great. Now I've got 50,000 sitting there. At least I have a one month cushion that if all of my clients stop paying me, I can still continue the business for another month to try to find new clients. And you, you know, it's a process. You just keep adding to it. And if you've got, you know, like, oh, we signed a new deal or we got a bonus or we got something well, now I can throw 15,000 in there this month instead of 10. Wonderful. It just, you know, it shortens that time horizon to when that money is just there. Mm-hmm. And you become almost your own bank at that yeah. point. So yeah. instead of having to go to the bank for a line of credit that you're paying interest on, now you've got this money here and you you take a loan from it because you need to, you know, you need to buy a new piece of equipment or you need to buy new computers for all these new employees, you know, and then you just fill it back up as you go back along. So, you know, it's some of those like personal finance, you know, memes and things like that, like, and, totally you know, guide, and guidelines, they work for the, the same, for, it's just on a bigger scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting too. And I think that the mindset and the confidence of the business owners, when they're able to do some of the self-funding pieces, mm-hmm. it just puts them through the roof because now, like you said, they are their own bank. They're making their own decisions. They're not jumping through hoops to try and please someone else and fit into their box to get access to capital. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then it gives them options to do stuff with that money too, you know, yeah. and because now it's become part of their process. Every month I put 10,000 in there. Well, once you've got, you know, that three to six months, now what else do you do? You know, mm-hmm. now what can I do with, you know, do I keep adding to it and just keep, you know, that runway getting bigger or do now I do something? Do I invest it, you know, whether it's in the stock market or something else, you know, just to get, you know, a better rate of return on their money or to fight against inflation. Yeah. But if they build up that process, they build that habit of transferring that money, you know, every month or every two weeks into there. Well, now it's part of their run rate. They're not used to having that money available. So it's not burning a hole in their, you know, theoretical pocket. (laughs) Well, you're talking my language when you say habits. I think saving as a habit is so, so important uh, to develop fast and early whether it's in your business or personal. The second thing I think is important on the, what you're saying is like, yeah, this, this could be in a savings account that makes next to no money. And I think that what we have to realize is that really is our peace of mind account. Mm-hmm. And that's how it pays its dividends to you. You're asleep right. at night. You don't worry about if so-and-so didn't pay on time, et cetera, et cetera. It just gives you that peace of mind. And that I think that We've been so programmed that every dollar has a job to do and it should be making so much money. But sometimes that job is just to give you peace of mind. Right. Yeah. Because the stress of being like, 
payrolls on Friday and I don't have the money to pay payroll, that is the worst feeling for any business owner. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and, um, you know, and like you said, you know, it's, it's that peace of mind of like, oh, even if, you know, my clients are all a week late, I can still pay payroll this Friday right. because I just loan it to myself. And then when those payments come in, I put it back. And, you know, it's an easy move instead of being like, oh, payroll's on Friday and it's Tuesday. Now I've got to take out, you know, a loan that's at 25% interest. That's the most, the worst terms in the world because I need this cash because I need to go and pay my employees on Friday and I only no, have two days to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think as you move into the, as you're doing this financial strategy, what is one thing all business owners should start or continue to do? And one thing they should stop doing? As far as something they should start or continue doing, it's continuing to evolve Ooh, as they're, more. as they're going along, you know, they are not the same person as they were when they started the business. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if that was six months ago, they're in a different spot now because they've had different experiences. They've onboarded clients, they've offboarded clients and they, you know, they're going to grow just as the business is growing. So they need to keep doing that and, you know, take opportunities as they arise and also know when to say no. And how do that, you know when to say no, Adam? What are you, what are your criteria? <laughs> uh, typically it's a gut feeling. <laughs> okay. Um, what data with, do you look with, at besides with, your gut? Yeah. So, you know, beyond the, the gut feeling of like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Um, you know, it's looking at, you know, so like if I'm talking to a prospect, you know, sometimes they're too early. They're not ready yet. But in six months or 12 months, they might be. So I'm still going to have that conversation. Yeah. But, you know, me setting a baseline of like, if you're not doing this much in revenue, it's not the right time. I can't help you enough right now to, you know, to justify what my fee is. But in six months, when you're, you know, if you're at 300,000, now you're at 750,000 in annual revenue. Now, you know, I can come on board and I can help you and we, you know, we can really power this up. So there's things like that. Um, mindset, like if they are making the amount of, you know, let's say they're a $3 million company yeah, and they are, they've been making $3 million a year for like five straight years. They're happy. They're comfortable. Again, it's not a good fit for me because mm, growth oriented is important. Right. Yeah. That, that growth orientation is extremely important because that's where I can really dig in and I can really help. If you're yeah. trying to, you know, maintain, there's plenty of fractional CFOs out there that are more than happy to help you out. It's not my skill set. It's not where I'm in my, you know, my comfort zone. So those are a couple of big pieces, you know, as far as like data points um, that I look at, you know, on on those kind of things. And then, you know, the other, just in like in general opportunities, I'm always looking for partnerships with people because I know I can't do everything. Like finance is my landscape, but I'm not a financial advisor. So if they want to set up a retirement plan, I can't do that for them. Right. So I've got people that can do that. Or, you know, if they're, you know, if they need someone to come in and help them with their operations, again, you know, could I? Theoretically. (laughs) But again, it's not my focus. It's not my strength. So, you know, I've got people like, you know, so I've got people all across the landscape when, you know, when they're looking for all sorts of different things that can help their business. Um, so creating those partnerships and finding the ones that work and that 
you know, the people on the other end that have kind of that same mentality. They want to help people grow. They want to make sure that they're getting the right advice at the right time is, yeah. is always important to me. I, I love that, uh, the creating partnerships, because I think as business owners, um, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that tells us we should do it all. And I honestly think the more we can stay in our lane and bring in partnerships to help us with certain things, whether that's at the employee level, an independent contract, or as a consultant, I think we can um, grow faster. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, we're happier (laughs) because we're not doing all those things too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If I have to file anything, I'm not a very good person to be around. <laughs> Sounds like you need someone to do that for you. Exactly. And I have one, which is good. Um, what is, as we wrap up here, Adam, what haven't I asked you about the role of, of, of a financial strategist that you would love our audience of business owners to know? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is that I'm an advisor. So I am not making decisions for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to provide you potential options. I'm going to provide you know pros and cons and things along those lines. But at the end of the day, that ultimate decision is with the business owner. And we'll figure out later whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But they need to make you know you know an up or down, yes or no decision on something, and then let's go. Let's get behind that. Let's support that. Let's do whatever we need to do to make it a success. Mm-hmm. But also realizing that we're not going to make right decisions 100% of the time. Yes. And when we figure that out, we either scrap that or we make adjustments to try to get it going in the right direction. But, you know, and that's where, again, where I come in, I'm not making that decision for you. You're the business owner. It's your business. You have to do what you feel is right. I'm going to provide my input and my expertise and my advice. And if you tell me that's the dumbest idea in the world, you're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you're just saying, you know, every time I propose something, you're like, yeah, let's do that. This isn't working correctly. This relationship isn't working correctly. So you should be saying no on a regular basis to, you know, because that's how your business is going to grow and move forward. Well, you have, you have a different set of data to bring to that decision than you as a, as fractional CFO type thing. So Yep, exactly. Um, one of the lines I'd like to use a lot, Adam, is if if you work with a yes man, one of you is redundant. <laughs> I like so, that. <laughs> that's always interesting. Oh, Adam, I want to thank you for your time. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so you're in the U.S. Where in the U.S. are you in? Where do you help people? Yeah, so I'm based in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I have clients all throughout the U.S. So it doesn't matter if you're in Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine. Miami, Florida, you know, under a hurricane, um, I can, I can help you out. So, you know, that, that's where I focus most of my time and attention, just because that's, that's what I know the best. Um, you can reach me, find me at CFO Adam across all the social medias, um, primarily on LinkedIn. Um, but I also wander you know, on over to you know, Instagram and TikTok a little bit. So you can, you can find me all over, not dancing, maybe singing once in a while. Um, but CFO Adam, you know, search for that hashtag and and I'll I'll pop up pretty regularly. CFO Adam, the TikTok financial strategist. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Adam. And I think the real bottom line here is you need to be prepared to evolve as you grow with your business. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Wow, there was just so much learning in this episode. Do you want more? I have a special offer for the right entrepreneur. 
a complimentary one-on-one coaching session that is all about you, your business, and your goals so that you can accelerate your business and start to accelerate the growth of your network. Head over to wealthcoachwithwendy.com. There you will find a letter that kind of outlines all the details of this offer and also an application form. We have an application form because there's such a limited number of of slots that we're opening up for this that we want to make sure that the people that um, do are successful in getting the slot we can make the biggest difference with. So head over to wealthcoachingwithwendy.com and apply today. Thanks.